Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Bible Thumper podcast, where somebody's got to say it. My name is Patrick Hayes, your regular host, and with me, our most popular guest, former co-host of the Bible Thumper podcast and founding member, Caleb Jenks from down in Rosebud, Texas. Caleb, how are you doing this evening? Good. I feel like I just gained like three more titles. I just need to keep coming on here more often. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're, you are the most popular um, guest we have and former co-host. So those are two titles well, that I would expect to be listed in your book jacket when you publish one day. The, the, the most popular former co-host of the least popular Bible podcast <laughs> on the internet. On the internet. Okay, are you ready for this? These are, these are statistics that I just heard from oh, yeah. a it. gentleman that uh, is a host of a very popular podcast and has helped several other very popular podcast hosts uh, gain notoriety and take off. And this guy said that nine out of 10 podcasts never make it past the first episode. Hmm. Yeah. 10%. Well, we, then you're ready for this? that. Nine out of 90% of those 10 never make it past three. So we ah. are already in the top 1% of all podcasts on earth. Which well, I guess I mean, doesn't take with that the grind, much. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> You just got to be consistent. You just got to be willing to do it. Okay, everyone. Uh, tonight, what we are talking about is Christian burnout. So if you are live with us on Facebook or YouTube, you can comment. And tonight, believe it or not, I even have my phone hooked up. So if you know my phone number and you want to call in and ask a question or be part of the show, you can give it a shot. If I hang up on you like three times in a row, that means I don't want you to be part of this podcast. So don't bother calling anymore. <clears throat> Along with that, um, you can follow us on any place that you find a podcast and listen to us later, but we are live on video every Sunday night, mountain time at 7 PM, 8 PM central. And we are talking about Christian burnout. Caleb, can you tell the folks at home how we came up with this subject to talk about this week? Well, we were scratching our heads and trying to think of mm -hmm. things that we could empathize with other people. <laughs> and of course, this is a very unrelatable topic, but I decided yeah, we should ta tackle it. It's never been anything but mountaintop experiences for me over my 20 years of Christianity. So I'm not going to be able to relate very well. No, actually, Patrick called me wondering what we should talk about. And I was like, honestly, I feel a bit burnt out. So what if we talk about burnout? <laughs> yeah, and honestly, so I thought that was a great idea. I thought that was a great subject. And I'm glad that we're talking about it because every single Christian goes through it. Certainly every Christian that does anything for God, if you're just the Christian where like you go to church once a month and you sit in the back and no one knows your name and you have to blow the dust off your Bible every time you pick it up to read it and things like that, I don't know, maybe you're not going through much burnout. But if you are trying to do things for the Lord, you're involved in your church, you read the Bible regularly, you're serious about your walk with God, you are going to have a period where you feel burned out. Would you agree, Caleb? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think some people don't like to admit it. And mm -hmm. I've, I've been in that denial phase at times where I was like, I'm probably a little bit burned out, but I don't want to say anything because it, it, uh, it seems like it's something that we shouldn't do as Christians. That seems like the number one rule with how not to burn out is just don't burn out, right? I mean, you just yeah. 
Caleb, look, everyone on this podcast is here to support you in your uh, Christian weakness and failure. Uh, we're all on your side. <clears throat> the idea that you're going through a hard time or maybe suffering from some anxiety or depression in your Christianity, we want to help your broken brain get fixed. We're, so that's why we're here. We're here for you. Okay. So like being a brain uh, doctor. <laughs> All right. So as far as Christian burnout goes, Caleb, can I start with a couple of questions? Sure. For you. Go right ahead. Okay. I've been waiting all day. I just can't wait to hear what you got. Okay. Caleb, question number one, are you feeling withdrawn? Um, I would say not, but I would say I, I, there's been definitely times where I wish that I could withdraw more. Okay. You have a desire uh, to be withdrawn. We're going to yeah. mark that a yes. Okay. This is a sheet. Okay. This sheet when we're done is going to be submitted to some psychologists in a mental institution near you. Okay. This is for your own good. So just answer honestly, Caleb, okay. um, how much marijuana are you currently, or is the amount of marijuana you're smoking daily? Has it increased? Uh, the answer, the answer is no. Okay. So just the, the same amount of marijuana every day, it has not increased just the normal amount of daily marijuana smoking. Okay, good. We're going to mark that down. Caleb, have you stopped beating your wife? <laughs> it reminds me of, I ain't drinking anymore. <laughs> I ain't drinking any less. I don't know if you heard that country song. No, I'm not, I am not smoking weed and I'm not beating my wife. <clears throat> Got it. <clears throat> you are, um, you have not stopped beating your wife. We'll mark that down. These are just boxes we have to check, Caleb. These are for mental health professionals. And remember, Caleb, if it makes you feel any better, I was a psychology and sociology major in college before mm -hmm. I dropped out and moved into my car and started bumming around the country. So that's worth something. Okay. I'm practically a mental health professional. Okay. Okay. Are you avoiding aspects of your work? Um, no. no. I don't have a choice to right now. Are you less approachable than before? Uh, yes, probably. Hey, calm down, all right? No need to get defensive here. I'm just asking you questions, all right? Let's just relax. Everyone on the program would appreciate that. Okay, we're going to say yes, less approachable than before. Are you having increased family problems? Uh, no. So the same amount of family problems. Okay, got it. Um, is the sin in your life increasing or expanding? Increasing or expanding. Um, mm -hmm. If coming on this podcast is rated as a sin, <laughs> then yes. So believe it or not, half of these questions are serious questions. So the idea okay. is... You know, um, are do, really, I think what it's getting down to is we're trying to identify, are you going through burnout? Are you, you know, down in the valley as a Christian? And if the sin in your life is increasing or expanding or the idea that, you know what, I really just don't even care right now. I'm not like actively, you know, trying to be my best. That's an idea that, you know, maybe you're struggling as a Christian and you need a little bit of help in that area. Do you want to give up? You want to give up? No. No nope. thoughts of giving up? Absolutely not, no. Okay. 
Now, if giving up meant like skipping, skipping going to church one Sunday and going to the beach, yes. Caleb, I just marked no on the box. Now I got, I'm going to get the white out. Hold on. If you're not going to take this seriously, you know, we're not going to be able to help. That's what we're here for. Do you have a lack of enthusiasm? Sometimes, yes. <laughs> Do you have anger at God? No. Have you started doubting God, the Bible, and or Christianity in general? Uh, no. Are you feeling guilty? No. About your burnout and your mental and spiritual situation? No, I would say not. Okay, on a scale of, let me tally this. A scale of one to ten, ten being the worst, and and one being you know you're doing great. You are a nine point five on the burnout scale. Okay, you're doing pretty bad, buddy. Okay, Caleb. <clears throat> so, in all seriousness, let's see if we can talk about this. So, Caleb, have you ever gone through a period of burnout in the past? I think so. Um, yeah, I think I have in the past to a certain degree in different ways. Uh, this is probably one of the first times where I feel like I've started to experience burnout in more of the ministry church side of things. Um, I've experienced burnout in other areas of life before. So as far as ministry and church goes, mm -hmm. how much time are you spending doing ministry stuff? Average week. Um, I would say it's prob probably right now, it's actually substantially less this year than it was last year, but I would say right now it's probably around I don't know, probably 12 to 15 hours a week. A week. Last week it, or last year, it would have been a lot more. But right What now, was the last one? Um, some, some weeks were 30 to 50 hours a week. I mean, there was, there was time well, you were, a lot more time. <clears throat> you were on staff at the church, right? You were getting, you know, you are getting paid for that. You were a full-time employee, right? <laughs> no. Um, so actually now I do, I, <laughs> as far as our food ministry that we run, I am um, compensated for that. So that's a blessing. How many hours are you spending working? Do you think on average week currently? I try to make sure I try to make sure I get at least 40 hours in, but it's kind of a broke up. Yeah. I, I do too long, too, too long, 18 or 20 hour shifts in a week is what I do right now. Wow. That's gotta be rough. Yeah. But then I mean, you have more, you got more time, you got off. More time off. No, I get it. So, okay. Let me ask you this. Has stress in ministry increased or your responsibilities increased? Um, yes, I would say so. Are you doing more things or are you doing things that, I guess uh, the question is, the things that you're doing, let's go with this. What would happen if you stopped doing them? 
Um, well, in some in some cases, there were there are some things that I've taken initiative with in ministry that um, would stop if I were to stop. I mean, there there are things that if I if I was to stop doing what I'm doing, there's probably not somebody else that would pick it up. So in a way, I guess, um, yeah, I guess that would be the answer. Is some things would stop. Do you ever <clears throat> do you ever say no? when new things come up or I try. When, something needs to, when something needs to be done. I've been trying this? a lot. I've been, I've been trying a lot more. I tried to get off this podcast, but here I am. <laughs> if, well, you cut your time on the podcast way down 12 episodes yeah, a year. Exactly. That's a substantial cut. If we were to ask your wife or a close personal friend or your brother, would they say you have trouble saying no when? Yeah, probably so asked to do stuff at the church. Yeah, I would say so. I think, I think I probably, um, oftentimes I don't feel like it's an option. Like I, I don't, there's times where, where I don't even consider if I should say no, it just seems like this is kind of our duty as Christians. This is what we do. And so, you know, if there's an opportunity to serve, you just, you serve. Okay. Out of your church, how many other people would you say feel the same way? I would say a, a good number of them. I mean, different ones serve in different ways, whether it's with church or outside of church. But yeah, I would say, I would say there's, well, 30 to 50%, I would say, uh, probably feel like that they have a duty to, to serve and give a lot, you know, in one way or another. How do you determine when the amount you're doing for God exceeds the amount that is reasonable? Well, I think we should give till it hurts. Um, <laughs> and, but I think that there probably comes a point I've seen. And of course, right now I'm, I'm just answering your question. So at some point I'll, I'll whenever, whenever I get through the, the Q and a part here, I'll um, elaborate more. But I think that oh. for me, it probably seems that when it, when you start suffering and my biggest fear is, is if my family was to suffer because mm -hmm. of it, I've seen too many people that were in ministry where, their you, you see their family just kind of go go uh, think go terribly That's south their marriage their marriage suffers their children suffer for it and they're they're dedicated to the ministry and they neglect their family so to me that would be where uh, i think in a biblical sense i see uh specifically for pastors anyways that if your home life starts to suffer you should step back or step down from ministry and make sure that you first take care of that responsibility. So to me, I guess that's where I would see it is if it gets to that point uh, where yeah. your children and your, your family suffer. All right. So tell everyone, why do you think you're experiencing burnout? What's your thought? Where'd it come from? Okay. So, when did it start? Um, okay. So to give just a little bit of a, uh, a background on on this if, if i can have a second here for that yeah, take your time. So i think um for me i i love what i do in ministry mm -hmm. but it's it's interesting how sometimes god puts you into something in ministry where it's like you wake up one day and you're like oh so this is what i'm doing it's not like i made a decision at one point and i was like all right, I want to go and pursue this ministry and I want to get into this ministry and I want to be doing these particular activities in ministry. 
it's just like sometimes you find yourself in a position where one one thing leads to another. And for me, I'm not a pastor. I'm not, you know, on staff as a, you know, some sort of a minister at church. Um, and yet I found myself in different aspects. Uh, probably the biggest thing that I've ever actually taken on a role with ministry wise would have been this podcast where I made a decision. I was like, Hey, let's do the podcast. And it's of course a very trivial thing, but for me, it was, it was a conscious decision I made ahead of time. We just, we talked about it and we decided to do it. Uh, but there's other, other circumstances that come up where people come across, you come across people in life that need help or that, um, you know, are committed their life to God and you find yourself in discipleship or uh, volunteer work, whatever it might be. And one thing can lead to another. And one day you wake up and you're like, wait a minute, I'm stretched thin. I'm yeah. overcommitted. And I think for me, that's probably, uh, and maybe that's somewhat unique, but for me, that's kind of where I, where I'm at with it, where I started realizing, Hey, I'm saying yes to everything. And I'm getting pretty, um, uh, deep in this and it was starting to get to the point where I realized um, you know it cuts into the time that I could be spending with my family or providing for my family and uh, so I realized I needed to start having a work-life balance balancing my my schedule and um, trying to trying to make make sure that things work and at that point I guess is when when you get to that point of realizing it it's this is what I've always hated about people that that I've seen experience burnout Mm-hmm. is they're enthusiastic about something they give. And I, I hate it when somebody's an Indian giver. So like I, I've told people this over and over again, don't give or do something at church if you're going to later regret it. You know, if so, you're going to get to the Caleb, point where you Caleb, give, yeah, on, go ahead. we're going to have to try to minimize the number of racial slurs we allow onto this podcast. So, as far as the Indian giving, maybe we, if we can come up with another term for that. Since it's 2022, I know what you mean. Okay. I, it totally makes sense to me. I have no problem with the term, but we have a lot of, you know, pretty weak and soft listeners around nowadays that are really sensitive. So I just want to triggered that, <laughs> that I was the one that tried to stop that. So okay. the idea is, um, you For know, once you're the one that's politically correct on here. So, <laughs> No, I just wanted to take the chance to throw you under the bus. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm I have no pro- problem with the term. Go ahead. So you you never wanted to be the person to to step up and do something for the Lord and then later you know, regret it or complain. Yeah, yeah, turn around and Yeah, yeah just don't give if you're going to then later complain. And I've I've oftentimes looked at at that as kind of a yeah, I don't know. It, it seems like a spiritual condition where you probably were never giving. It was never given from the heart and properly in the first place. Like you were giving for the wrong reasons, giving to try to get something in return, whatever the case might be. And so I've always been pretty intentional about trying to to make sure that I wouldn't give more than what I what I felt comfortable with, and, and make sure that I never regret regretted giving. So mm-hmm. um, that being said. I think at some point when you start realizing and start trying to prioritize stuff and you start kind of weighing where stuff is going, you can, you can all of a sudden start realizing, Hey, I am doing it quite a bit in this area or that area. And I probably need to say no to certain, certain things. You know, I need to scale back on the podcast or whatever it might be. And honestly, to this point, the podcast is the only thing that I've actually really said no to scale back on. 
Uh, well, oh, that's not completely so, true. Yeah. So podcast, is, if you started three years ago, I, it was the one thing you decided to. Exactly. Yep. I went, I went through my priorities and you were at the bottom of the list. I was last. (laughs) No, there were, there were a few other things that I simplified as well, um, Mm -hmm. specifically with the food ministry to to slow that down such that I was focusing more on local stuff and less on uh, remote locations. And so that definitely has saved me a lot of time. Anyway, all that being said, um, you, I'm sure you've heard the the verse. um, I can't, I should have had it pulled up, but the Bible says to grow not weary. I think it's Galatians. It says grow, grow not weary in well-doing. Mm-hmm. And I look at that almost as a command. Like this is something, you know, as Christians, we do, we're supposed to be doing good. We're supposed to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And we just, we don't grow weary in well-doing, right? We're commanded not to. And so that's, that's not an option. And um, I remember somebody asking me. Is that the ask, challenge? I remember somebody asking me. <laughs> well, it probably was to a certain degree. I remember ask, somebody asking me, uh, about two years ago. So aren't you, don't you ever get tired of this or aren't you, don't, don't you think you're going to burn out? And I was like, no, the Bible says not to, you know, we're not going to grow weary in well-doing. And then at some point, somewhere along the line, I started. That that verse means to consider your spiritual and mental health while <laughs> doing it. So then uh, there, there came a point uh, about, I don't know, maybe six or eight months ago where I started realizing that no matter how much, how much determined, determination that you give something saying, I'm not going to grow weary and well-doing, that sometimes you do grow weary. And sometimes you deal with people that are difficult to deal with and that are uh, having a bad day and you, and you try not to let that rub off on you. And you realize, hey, I'm growing weary. There's just no way around it. And so I started turning to the Psalm 16 has become part of my regular prayer life. And after that became part of my um, regular prayer life where I started praying this verse, I started realizing that um, maybe God is, is actually trying to bring some realization to me that, that I needed to lean on him for strength, but also that I, that I'm not, I can't play God. You can't think that you're, that you're not going to burn out. You are still human. (laughs) And sometimes it's, it's good to admit that and let allow other people to, uh, to kick in and help. And so, I don't know, probably after about the 60th or 70th time of me praying this verse to God in prayer, and I started realizing, okay, if I'm asking God to preserve me, maybe I should also, you know, be considerate of of how much I'm doing. You know, if I'm getting to the point where I'm realizing I'm sort of at my wit's end and I'm praying repeatedly saying, God, you know, preserve me and don't let me give up, maybe I should also uh, weigh where, you know, where I'm at and what I'm doing and make sure that it's, that it is, appropriate for my abilities or my uh you know my resources whatever so i guess in a, in a way i feel like i've i can't really speak on christian burnout to the extent that some people like i'm not like elijah where he was like all right you know what um i'm done and i'm just ready to die i'm just gonna sit down and die i've never experienced burnout to the, to the extent of wanting to quit what i'm doing but i have realized come to the realization that i'm not as enthusiastic about some things as I was, I have less interest in it. And, um, and so, yeah, I'm just, okay, I'm, let me, to be let really me honest, in. I think I'm probably 20% burnout. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let me, let me jump in here because this is important. As far as anyone that's ever, you know, dealt with the mental health field, what you got to understand is that what Caleb is talking about is a common mechanism to deflect the problem based on your perception of the seriousness 
meaning mm-hmm. Caleb is quoting from first Kings chapters 18 and 19 when Elijah, uh, walked out into the wilderness and sat under a tree and said, okay, God, um, just go ahead and take me. I'm ready to die. I'm done with this. I've had enough. And that is obviously on the far end of the spectrum as far as a problem. What Caleb is talking about as far as where he is, and Caleb, I don't want to put words in your mouth, so please correct me. You oh, no, are, it would be the first, it would be the first time tonight. Yeah, you the, tried to the, put words the, in my this mouth. has never yeah. happened. Okay. So. Right. But the idea that there is some frustration, some annoyance, uh, maybe a little bit of, um, you know, exasperation over um, ministry and the people you're dealing with and Christianity and church in general. That doesn't mean that it shouldn't be looked at and a change made so that you can be better. And take it from me, a guy who's an alcoholic and a drug addict for over 20 years, I should say, take it from me, a guy who is a recovering drug addict for over 20 years. It's easy to look at someone that is worse than you and say, ah, my problem's probably not that bad. I mean, look at this guy who's, you know, sleeping in a ditch. You can always find a worse case, but that doesn't change. So where Caleb is right now, I've been there many times. I've been to a point where I was about ready to just walk out the door with two fingers in the air and tell everyone what I thought and never go back to church again. Yeah, those are a thumbs up, right? Yeah, two big thumbs, thumbs up. Good luck right. to everybody yeah. here. I love you. And I wanted to just be done with it. And... I went through a period of time. I got some help. It was very helpful for me. And I realized through the whole thing that God was still there. He still loved me. He wanted me to do better. I made some changes in my life and I was much better afterward. My point is simply that when you're going through these things, we need to identify, look, there is a problem. Maybe it's not as bad as it could be, but I need to change something. So far too often, think of it physically. Physically, our body lets us know when there's an issue. We're not sleeping as well, or we get up five times in the night to pee, or maybe we start to have these aches in our neck or our headache or something. That's our body saying something is wrong and it needs to be fixed. There are two things we can do about it. We can fix it, We can find out what the underlying issue is and take care of it and get better, or we can just start popping a leave every morning. Well, guess what? Popping a leave every morning is only going to make the problem worse because we're just masking the pain. So I'm not, I just want to point out to folks that might be going through this because there are lots of folks who are going to, I have many times in my, excuse me, 20 something years of Christianity. And Caleb will again, and what we're hoping to do is, is get better before we get to the point where we're like, all right, God, I'm just ready to die. Go ahead. Just kill me. So now let me give you a Bible verse that you talking about made me think about because you were bringing up, you know, Psalm 16 and you brought up your challenge of not to grow weary and well-doing. And this is Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Come unto me. excuse me, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
take my yoke upon you and learn of me. This is Jesus speaking. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And one thing I often talk to or talk about when I find pastors and different Christians in ministry who are going through a hard time, who are experiencing some level of burnout, I always ask them, is your yoke easy? Is your burden light? Because if it's not, then guess what? It's not the burden and yoke of Jesus. Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And a lot of us, and Caleb, I know, is very much like me. He's a self-made man. He's self-employed. He has a single income family. He does a lot of work at his church. All of those things I do as well. And it's easy to, you see something that needs to be done and you get on it and you start doing it. and you don't even have to be asked. So the idea of like, hey, do you ever say no to things? Well, not really, because no one even asked me. I just see something that needs to be done at church and I start doing it because I can see it needs to be done. But it's very easy for us to start putting upon ourselves a burden that is heavy and a yoke that is difficult. Does that make sense? Yeah. Now, I mean, I think... I think that just because things are difficult or hard doesn't mean that we should stop doing them. I mean, all, all the, all the apostles ended up dying uh, a pretty miserable death for Christ. <laughs> so I think in a, in a way, sometimes it yeah, doesn't so mean in, in a way. Right. Yeah. No, no one's saying that, but in this context, can you see that there are, lots of guys out there that keep heaping on more than their share in, in the same way, Caleb, right? When I, if you wanted, you, you could start donating 90% of your income to the Lord, right? There's nothing in the right. Bible that forbids you from doing that. Correct. Well, actually, I, yes, there it is. Okay. Do you currently do that? No, I do not. Well, why not Caleb? Don't you know there's a need? What's wrong with you? Well, I think that the, I think Jesus says not to do it if it's going to hurt our family. You know, not to, okay, not to so, give if, if we can't take care of our families. Sure. And in the same way, my yoke is easy and my burden is light doesn't mean that you're not going to work for the Lord. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to take on things that are difficult because ministry is difficult. You're dealing with people and people are monsters. But what I'm saying is understand that you would put one yoke on two oxen, right? Right. Would you put five yoke on them? No. No, there's no reason. You'd put one. So there is an amount of work that the Christian is supposed to do, and there's an amount of work that is beyond what any of us are expected to or are capable of doing. And right. I'm not saying that the Christian walk is going to be easy because a lot of times there are difficulties. There's roads fraught with peril, but you right. got to remember that even the apostle Paul could only do so much. John the Baptist could only do so much. Everybody could. What I think so, happens, go ahead, jump in. Well, so I was just wondering, 
this is one of the things that I wonder about with this sometimes. That, so you probably, if you've experienced burnout yourself, you probably know what I'm talking about. But do you ever wonder? So sometimes I, I look at it, and I know of people that that give and do a lot more than myself. Mm-hmm. I also know of people that give and do a lot less than myself. Sure. And so, um, and I'm talking about people here in America. But then I, I look at it, and I think. If somebody from the underground church in North Korea heard me complaining about burnout in the church, they would probably they would probably laugh because you know even at the most you know when when I'm giving it at, at the the most that I ever do, my my burden is very easy. The yoke is very light compared to what some people are going through in persecution or third world countries where I do live a very blessed life. But then, so sometimes I've wondered if burnout sometimes comes from comparison where we start realizing, hey, I'm doing, I'm doing this more than somebody else is. And so we end up comparing ourselves to others and thinking, well, I can have an easier load or I'm carrying more of a load here than somebody else is. Where with Jesus, obviously, he didn't save much time for himself at all. Of course, he didn't have a wife and children. But he really gave a hundred percent of his time to his no, he didn't. followings. No, he he had he took a few breaks where he went off by himself or tried to, and they still they still found him. He he took time by himself where he would go up on a mountain and be alone with God. Right. Anytime anyone's going to write a message on prayer, you go through the New Testament and you find many times where Jesus took off and went by himself, sometime for long periods of time by himself just to get together with God. Not only that, Jesus took off one day a week. Right. Every week. And that's something else. So, okay, now hold on. Hold on. Before, before oh, yeah, we move on, before we move on. Yeah, yeah. I think your comparison to the folks in North Korea is apples and oranges. Okay. Because number one, every every single person in North Korea wishes that they could be over here and not have to deal with that. They're dealing with it out of necessity. There's not groups of people. There are not groups of North Koreans that got out of that country that are like, man, I got to get back over there so I can serve the Lord under a communist dictator that wants me dead. Right. Nobody is nobody is doing that. Number two, the Bible tells us not to compare ourselves among ourselves. It doesn't matter what someone else is able to do. There is no way we can say that Paul is the standard for every Christian in America. You and I both know that there are lots of Christians where the most they can handle is reading a little bit of their Bible a week, going to church one day a week, paying their tithe once in a while, and that's it. And that's the most they're ever going to be able to do because the only right. way these folks serve is as a bad example. But that doesn't mean that I can say, oh, well, that's my burden. And it's also not fair for me to take the people in the world with the most difficult one and say, if I don't do what they do, then I just don't measure up. <clears throat> Here's something I'm going to tell you. Caleb, if every Christian just gave 10% and that money was used wisely, we would be able to fund giving the gospel to the entire world with money to spare. It would not be a problem. The problem is not that we need certain millionaires and billionaires to come in and give these giant endowments to help the gospel go around the world. That's That's not what needs to happen. What needs to happen is everybody 
is supposed to pull their weight, period. And then those that get the money are not supposed to waste it on nonsense. If those things happen, we'd be fine. You personally, Caleb, I don't believe, and I don't believe Patrick Hayes is responsible for seeing tens of thousands of individuals saved with the gospel throughout their life. I don't think that's what God wants because God tells everyone to do it. If every Christian was seeing people saved regularly, I think we'd all only need to see about a dozen people saved and the gospel would go around the entire world. Jesus doesn't need you and I to make up the slack for all the lazy bums out there. That's my point. What? What's so funny? (laughs) You crack me up sometimes the way you put stuff. But no, I mean, you got to, you do do have a good point. Um, I, yeah, I guess my my thought with it sometimes is I feel stupid if I do get to the point of ever feeling burned out. And actually, I'm afraid to say this because um, it's probably not a, a very Christian way to think. Or <laughs> like I look at my burnout sometimes as a as not as as a spiritual problem that I probably that I probably shouldn't be experiencing this because there's something wrong. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not wired properly spiritually. Um, and I'm not really fit for some of the in- situations that I get myself in. But you get yourself in situations with 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 some people that it takes more patience than others. And, it, mm-hmm. and by and large, your 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 overall ministry, like us, okay, I'll use this as an example. I do music at our church. I love music. I always have. I enjoy playing music. But we started in 2015, and it's now 2022. And for the most part. Uh, with the, with the exception of a few, you know, a few breaks that I've had for the most part, I've been doing music every Sunday for, you know, seven years, whatever that's been, it, which isn't a big deal, but I will say that I was more enthusiastic five, six, seven years ago about it than I am now. I still do it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with somehow losing some of your enthusiasm because it's not, you know, some things just kind of, they wear out over time. You know, you, you, you show up, you know, day in and day out. And so I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that per se. Um, that's a little bit different, you know, maybe some fatigue or monotony um, of kind of just the day in and day out grind of, of just being faithful and pressing on with God. And, and I think we find that in different aspects of our life, not just in ministry, where we choose to continue just to press on and be faithful, whether it's whether we feel excited about it that day or not, you just do the right thing and you, and God gives you the grace. Um, and so I don't look at my walk with God as just, it's going good when I'm, when I'm on, on the mountain and things are, you know, and I'm feeling the warm, fuzzy feelings. There's days where I, where I pray and it feels like the, the, the ceiling is pretty hard and there's not much response from God, but that doesn't mean I quit praying. And I only pray on the days where I feel like, God floods my soul and I just am having a, a really good emotional experience. You know, it's one of the things that you do it, whether it's, whether you're excited about it or not, because that's what we do as Christians and, and being faithful is sometimes pressing on even through the hard times. So that doesn't bother me. Go ahead. Okay. I was just going to throw a word in there and the word is called duty. Right. We do our duty as a husband, as a father, as a Christian, that's our job. And it gets monotonous. It doesn't always remain fun, definitely not exciting. I mean, Caleb, when you think about it, 
the people in our culture that get the most attention are those that provide excitement. The singer, the baseball player who's a star, the movie actor or actress, these people get all of the attention. But they're not the people that make the world go round. All of them could disappear tomorrow and none of us would notice. Right. At all. The people that make the world go round are the parents that get up and do their job every day for their kids. The farmer that gets up early and works hard all day. Those are the people, the truck driver. These are the people that make the world go round and we would notice if they were gone. What they have is character and they do their duty, even though it's not always fun or sexy. It's just our job. So let me, let me ask you this because I've been sucked into this. The idea that something in my Christian life, when I start it, it's fun, right? This podcast was fun when we started it. You doing a music ministry at your church was fun when you started it. But two, three years later, well, now it's just something that gets in the way of something else. Like I don't have time to do whatever because I have to do this thing that I signed on for. Let me tell you, brother, try pastoring a church. You know, you don't really get to take any time off. You got to do the same thing every week. It is, you could call it monotonous, but it's our duty. And someone has to show up and unlock the doors and make the coffee, you know, and study and preach a message. And you don't always feel like doing it in the same way. You don't always feel like singing or doing this podcast. And I think one of the dangers is, especially for go-getters, we look for something new so that we can have that endorphin dump again, because now there's something new we're adding that is exciting and, you know, we're feeling like we're doing something. But the fact is we just have to figure out the number of things we can do and what we're good at and what God put us here for. And we just got to chug away and do those things. And there's lots of stuff that's going to fall by the wayside and we just have to let it go. And I, one of the problems is we have to be able to determine what it is that's important and what are the things that I would like to do. And I think it would be a lot of fun, but I don't have the time. So I can't sacrifice the amount of time I already don't have. So I'm just going to stick with what I'm doing. Right. Okay. Let me ask you, go ahead, jump on in. Well, I was just going to say you're, you're a perfect example of someone who makes me feel like, uh, I mean, you're pastoring a church, home church built from the ground up, you know, you're in your home. There's literally not in your case, there's no one else to pick up and carry, you know, tow their own weight with it. If you were to say, you know what, I want to take six months off. Oh yeah. (laughs) It's not like somebody else is going to say, all right, that's fine. I'll take my turn. It's over. So so it's people like people like you that would make me feel stupid for even considering, you know, saying, yeah, this is a bit of a burnout or I need, I need to scale back because there are people that I know do, you know, do way more and continue to function. And um, so, yeah, I think, I think that's probably part of the the barrier that we end up that, I mean, for probably the same thing for you as well. You could look at it and say, well, I feel like I need a break, but you know, I can't be experiencing burnout because I'm, you know, I'm only doing this much and I know this person is doing more. 
Again, so I think at some point you just have to, right? right? Apples and oranges, man. Just focus on, we're focusing on you or we're focusing on me, but we're not focusing on comparing you to me. Right. It's just not fair. You're always going to fall short. You don't have half of the talent. It, that's okay. You have to be okay with that. <laughs> yeah. No, you, and you get my point, Caleb, and I, and I, yeah, and I no. know you do. Okay, so let me, ask, let, me, let me ask you this. You've seen in the circus when they have the pole and they put the plate on it and they spin it and then they set up the next pole and they spin it. And then they set up the next pole and they spin the plate. And sooner or later, the first plate starts to get slow and wobble and they got to run back and spin the plate again. You ever see that trick? You've never been to the I've circus. I've never been to a circus. Yeah, you were a homeschool kid from a home church family out in the country. You, you Do you know what a circus is? Have you ever heard the word circus prior to yeah, today? Okay. It was, it was probably from the devil. So <laughs> they had clowns, which is close enough to magic, and you weren't going to be allowed right. around that. So, okay. So anyway, that that's a little skit that like a clown would do. And okay. here's the thing. Think of it like this. Just because you can start the plate spinning does not mean that you have the time to keep it spinning. Okay. So for you and me, we see something that needs to be done and would be great and would be fun to do. We don't have the time to do it. Caleb, so badly, I want to produce a whole bunch of good Christian videos on a variety of topics and, you know, and make up the slides and edit the video and make them sharp and help people because I've seen videos like that that have helped me as a Christian at different times in my life. And I still watch videos made by Christians and preachers that are very helpful. I don't have the time to do it at all. Now, do I think I would be good at it? Yeah, I think I could do a good job at it and it would be helpful. Right. That doesn't mean that I realistically have the time or that God wants me to do it. So here I am not doing it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's where, that's where I think that sometimes, and the nice thing about having a church where you have multiple brothers and sisters is you can, um, you can say, you know what, this isn't my calling and I'm going to take a break or I'm going to step back and just let somebody else do this if they feel called to. Um, so, so I listed kind of the, the one side of burnout, which I think is more just monotony or fatigue or uh, loss of enthusiasm. The other side of burnout is when you is when you deal with people that are that have problems in their life, or if you deal with people that have um, that are that are difficult people to work with. And mm -hmm. at some point, you go from being compassionate and caring to frustrated and um, and not having empathy for them or um, not feeling very Christ-like in your response. And I think that for me, uh, you can fake it. I mean, you can continue to be, <laughs> you can yes. continue to try, you know, to do the right thing, even when you walk away and you're like, you know, you're thinking the opposite of everything you just said. And in, in a way, that's probably the scariest thing for me has been getting to the point where, um, I've never gotten to the point where I where I literally wanted to murder somebody, but sure. I can't. I can't say. Give it time. I can't say Give that I was long far from it. So there's an example of, of some something, and there's I could probably give a bunch of examples, but I won't. But there was an example of somebody that I that I met, and I remember telling 
um, somebody after the, after the fact saying, I know this guy needs Jesus. Like I probably should be concerned with giving him the gospel, mm-hmm. but I really don't like him. <laughs> and that's, I mean, to be quite frank, I, I really don't care for the guy. And I just want to, I want him to leave me alone, my wife alone, my children alone. I really just want to make sure that I avoid this person. And that's like, I don't know. It's just, it doesn't seem very Christ-like. It's kind of scary to, to get into a position like that where you actually start realizing that you have the opportunity to reach somebody with the gospel, but the fact that you don't like them is getting in the way and the fact that you um, just don't really feel like it. And so that's that to me is where I'm like, okay, so what good does it do me? Or especially if you actually start with someone and you start trying to help someone and then somewhere along the line, um, you start losing enthusiasm and you feel like giving up on them. And again, that's, I mean, I don't like to admit it, but at times I think that we all, that we all go through that where you, the very people that you're trying to help um, end up being just kind of uh, sucking the life out of you. And so, yeah, that's, that's probably, that's probably the scariest part about it for me is when you get to the point where you start realizing this, my, the way I feel about this particular situation isn't Christ-like, I shouldn't feel this way, and I have a problem, you know, they're not the problem, my response is becoming the problem, and that's, um, yeah, that's probably where I, where I kind of started to realize, all right, this is definitely a bit of burnout, because it's not, not just like I'm, losing enthusiasm or interest, I'm actually avoiding opportunities to present the gospel to somebody or engage with somebody that I wouldn't have in the past simply because um, I clash with the person or, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. So that's, that's, um, yeah, there's one person in particular that I've had the opportunity and he's told me some of his problems and I'm like, you know, I, I really, and I've, I've asked him, do you want to pray with me? And he's not been real open to it, but I know for a fact, if I took a coffee and I spent some time with him and presented the gospel that he's probably fertile, you know, there's probably some fertile soil there and my lack of enthusiasm bothers me. And I'm like, all right, this is, this is, you know, I, I probably need to, I need to pray through and, and ask God for grace such that this isn't who I am. Uh, but I've got to be honest, sometimes I've lost my, some of my enthusiasm with it. And it's not like I've lost my, my interest in God or, or church or that I, my beliefs have changed. But you get to a certain point sometimes where where you, and I, I, I guess that's probably burnout for me, where you realize it's not the right thing to do. Like the right thing to do is for me to take time out of my day and go and pursue this person, even though I really don't, can't stand him and pursue him and present the gospel and make sure that he gets saved. And that's not what I'm doing in this case. So, Do you think that's burnout or do you think that's a person that maybe is just unpleasant or a jerk and you don't feel like dealing with them? I mean, it's, it is, but like, you don't, don't like the way like, you what would Jesus, feel? yeah, I don't like the way I feel about it. What would Jesus do in this situation? I mean, okay. I don't know. Under Yeah, but here's, here's the thing. You have to understand every pastor goes through that. I remember years ago, I had, I had a Sunday school class that had like between 50 to 80 people on a Sunday morning. It was a really big adult Sunday school class. And I had a couple that got upset and offended and they stopped coming to church because of something that I said. And on the one hand, I didn't want to be the one to offend them and drive them off. So I tried to make it right. And on the other hand, I was praying that somehow God would 
help mend the relationship, but please don't let them start coming back to our church because they are the biggest pain in the neck that I have in my life as a Christian. And it would be so much easier if this one family would just stop coming. Right. Well, so for me, fortunately, and I, it's, it is unfortunate for me to say this, but fortunately this person isn't somebody that attends our church. Oh, um, that's easy. Give it's, them it's, the gospel and, and give them bus fare to go to a good church up the street. Here you go. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, in this, in this case, um, yeah, that, that wouldn't, um, that wouldn't be my thinking with it, but I probably, if I, if I spent some time with him, I probably, he's a young man that he needs Jesus and he probably needs a good church family. And, and, um, you know, but he's, he's just super obnoxious to be around. He's cornered my wife a couple of times and, uh, makes her feel uncomfortable. She doesn't care Does for him. I don't town? care for him. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I was so, going to say, anyway, it's one of those pastor and ask him to go give him the gospel. <laughs> there you go. So, and I think sometimes some people aren't seeking, they're not looking for the gospel, and maybe we don't have the moral obligation to to seek them out. But this is somebody that I do feel like the, the door has, I mean, he's told me some of his problems. The door is open there. I probably could take the time out of my, my life to go and, and really reach this guy, and I have no intention of doing it. And that's probably just a good example of, of where I'm at right now, where it's like, there's been times in my life where I wouldn't have cared who it was. If I could get, you know, if I could get the gospel mm-hmm. to somebody and, and see them converted, I would have, I would have done anything uh, to, to get there. And I'm, so that's, that's one of those things where I've, where I've r- realized that I've definitely lost some of, I don't know if I've if it's losing my first love, but it's definitely lo- I've lost some of my enthusiasm. And that's, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like that about myself, but that's where I'm at. And Caleb, I, I, my first thought would be, don't beat yourself up over it. Everything that you're saying sounds human. It doesn't sound like someone that's not a Christian or someone that is, you know, anti-God or church or the Bible or anything, uh, just sounds human. And I don't think that's something you're not going to be able to reconcile with God pretty quick. So I wouldn't let that beat you up. Now we let's try to get back to Christian yeah. burnout okay, for the ahead. last little bit. Let me ask you a couple questions that I would ask anyone that might be going through it. Okay, Caleb, what is your rest and relaxation like on a weekly basis? So when I'm faithful with it, I, I do take um, Friday night till Saturday night off as my, my day of rest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't say that I'm always terribly faithful with that but i think this is something that most people in ministry will run into is that if you're in ministry uh, sunday is a day that other people can kick back and relax show up to church have a good time with jesus and you are still on the clock you're still working it may be one of the busiest most stressful days out of your week so it's not always terribly uh, relaxing or restful Um, and so for me i tend to have you know saturday is my is my day of rest that being said, um, uh, yeah, so, well, I, I'm not, I'm not always, my question, always let's go with the yeah. question you did answer. How is your yeah. Sabbath day going? So I would say that it's probably, it's, it's been pretty hit and miss recently. I've had a lot okay. of busy Saturdays. And, um, in fact, we've had some work days recently where, where I've you know, been, been working or helping, helping other people on those days, which I don't have a problem doing. 
but if it becomes too much of a pattern, then you have to say, all right, this isn't a very restful day. And so um, I would say, I would say it's it, re recently, it's been probably about, it's been about 50, 50 for me. Okay. What hobby do you have? Uh, trading Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Doesn't count. Do you have a hobby? I saw Aside from that, I would say music is my my main hobby. Don't aren't you in the music department of your church? Aren't you running the music at your church? Yeah, there's no official departments at, at our school? church. But yeah. Don't you uh, give no, music do not. lessons at your school? I do not anymore. No. Oh, okay. My point is, a hobby is supposed to be something that has nothing to do with ministry or work. Right. It's just something to do to relax and waste your time. And although everybody hates what my hobby is, I still spend time sitting on my deck, staring at the mountains, doing my hobby, which is smoking cigars. Okay. And I do it because it is a good, relaxing, restful time for me. So that's one of the things that I do. Most guys that are going through a period, a lower period that we could call burnout, usually answer those questions the way you do. No hobby, not really take a day to rest. Just something you have to throw in the hopper and think about. Here's the point. When you're dealing with a burn victim, <clears throat> whether it's a chemical burn, whether it's a burn from a heat source, do you know the first thing you're supposed to do with a burn victim? No. You're supposed to remove the patient from the source of the heat. Okay. Now that might sound stupid, but you got to remember you can't administer to their wounds if they have their lungs are burning from something noxious gas they breathed in or there are you know there's a heat source that's burning them or you got to get them right. away from that first so the idea is if we remain next to the heat source the, <laughs> the burn doesn't stop we can't treat it something right. has to change for things to get better so that's the idea is that's something we have to start Okay, let me ask you this. Here's another one that everyone always fails on. Physical exercise. What type of regular physical exercise do you participate in weekly? So my, my, my regimen is kind of comical, but I, I run a lot. Uh -huh. uh, I, I run a lot and I, um, so I don't go to the gym. But yeah, in Texas, that's fine. We, have, we have some really good rest areas. So um, at least twice a day, I stop. There's a rest area that's along, along Interstate 35 that has like an outdoor gym area. And I, I stop and I, I try to do a minimum of at least 20 push-ups and like 30 chin-ups. Uh, and then I run at least, you know, I try to make sure I run at least three or four miles um, when I'm, I drive Uber, so when I go to the airport, in between each of my trips at the airport, I, I run. There's a, some nice shaded uh, walk areas there, and so I park my car, and I get out, and I, I go for runs. 
So that's um, that's great that you're doing that. All of that is awesome because it's a lot a more than odd, most folks do. Yeah, well, it's a very odd exercise um, uh, pattern that I have because I don't go to the gym and work out regularly, but I, I I do fit it in. Every I never drive past the rest area without stopping working out for you know at least twenty thirty minutes. Okay, time with God, personal prayer time, personal Bible reading time. And for those that are listening, the reason these questions are important is because people that are burned out are usually doing way too much. There's too many activities in their schedule, not enough time in the day, and that builds up stress. So if Caleb is starting to feel the beginning effects of burnout, that means he's not sitting on the beach with a good book there's probably very little time in his life. He's probably very busy. His schedule is pretty packed every day, tries to fit a lot in. So one thing that's easy to do is for us to step away from time with God in prayer or Bible reading, which only makes the problem worse. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that was one of the, I think I mentioned this the other day on the phone with you, I was getting at the point of starting to struggle to get through reading a chapter a day yeah. um, in my Bible where there's been times where, you know, where I was, where I, I couldn't get my head out of the book, so to speak. Yeah. You know, it was this hung, hung, and I was always impressed and thank God for this hunger and thirst for righteousness. You know, it's, it's promised in the Beatitudes that if you hunger, blessed are you and you hunger and thirst for righteousness for you will be filled. And so that's one of those things where uh, I still love my Bible and I like to read it, but um, there's not, you know, most days if I, if I get, more than a chapter in it's it's kind of because something caught my eye and it's like oh that's interesting and i'm gonna keep reading um and it's it's a struggle for me to get more than that and now i do listen to a lot more audio bible but i never mm-hmm. count that um you know when i'm okay. driving i listen to podcasts sure. and audiobooks and stuff but i try not to count that as my actual bible reading because i don't feel like that really counts uh because no, it's, it's pretty easy I'm to be absent-minded yeah. um and so no i i would say that I would say that my prayer life and my my um, study time hasn't hasn't changed, but my enthusiasm with it has for sure. Um, and it's become one of those things where I just do it because I because I'm determined not to stop. Yeah. Um, and where there's times where there's other times in my life where I just do it because I just love to do it and I just can't can't get enough of it. And and I I never I, I don't think that that because I've I've been through this multiple times in my life where I've I've gone from just can't get enough of God's word to, I, I need to do this because this is my duty kind of a thing. And I, I, I think we all go through that. Um, so that, that hasn't, yeah, that, that's, that's happened multiple times and I don't know that that's burnout, but just lack of, uh, enthusiasm or kind of going through a, a dry spell. You know, one thing I always <laughs> do or I always try to do is whenever I'm praying, I always try to be brutally honest with God And when I don't feel like praying, I tell God, I say, look, I don't want to pray, but I do want to want to pray. So can you please help me with that? You know, God, I don't want to go to church this week. I really don't, but I really want to want to go to church, you know, and the same thing with my Bible reading, but it's easy to get away from those things. And one thing I I tell every person, I, I don't care what I am counseling someone on. Like literally, I don't care what it is. 
I always tell them they need to start taking a 10 minute walk at night by themselves where they can just look up to the stars and talk to God. Just have 10 minutes alone where it's just you and God, you take a walk, you get fresh air, you get a little bit of physical exercise and spiritually you make a step forward. And I tell, I don't care if you're going through a divorce or you're going through a bankruptcy or your dog just died, that will help anybody no matter what they're going through. All right. Now, Caleb, I want to ask you a question or two here as we're getting ready to wrap it up with Christian burnout, specifically when we're talking about pastors and people in ministry. So, Caleb, how do a lot of pastors look at a successful ministry? If you're a pastor of a church, what are you going to use as a barometer to count your success? I mean, I would say a lot of them would probably consider numbers uh, or end up looking at data and numbers. Correct. Which suggests the bigger the church, the more successful you are as a pastor. Right. Okay. Now, the problem is we are quantitatively judging an arena where numbers don't matter. And I know that's anathema for a lot of pastors to hear. Right. The fact is, with education, with healthcare, with churches, it's qualitative. It doesn't matter the number of people that you move through your ER if they all get an infection and die from it. Right. That, it doesn't matter the numbers that you go through. It, it, what matters is the quality of the care. Now, if you can give more people a quality care, that's great. And with education, it doesn't matter that all of the kids in this high school graduate. Well, if you lower the test standards low enough, guess what? They're all going to graduate no matter what they learn. Right. The idea is we want a quality education. And for some reason in churches, the same stupid ideology has crept in where we think if the numbers aren't constantly going up, then I'm a failure. And if the numbers don't hit a certain point, then I'm a failure. But really what it comes down to is what is the quality of the personal relationship with each church member and Jesus? And that's how we're supposed to judge whether we're doing a good job or not, because that's the goal. Right. What it does is it puts a ridiculous and unrelated amount of stress on an individual based on factors that should not count. So what we should be focusing on and what we are focusing on are often two completely different things. And when, when, when we're failing at the numbers game, it's easy for us to look at it and say, oh man, this is terrible. And therefore um, I'm a failure and you heap a lot of extra stress on yourself. And I think it's a shame but it needs to be said that what we need to be working for is uh, quality in our churches. Now, don't get me wrong. If we're giving out the gospel and we're helping people to get to know Jesus, yes, it would be nice if we had more people coming than less. But that's not always up to me. Right. Yeah, so I think if you, if you start setting goals or having expectations in church or in your Christian life that are your goals and not God's goals, then all of a sudden you can start um, feeling 
a failure or feeling like you're not achieving those goals. If you look at when Elijah got done with what God had set him out to do there with the the prophets, prophets and, on Mount Carmel. Uh, yeah, he he sat down. He wanted to die, and he said, uh, "Just whatever." Base uh, paraphrasing, but he says, "Kill me now, for I'm no better than my fathers." Yeah. And so apparently in his mind, I don't know that God was telling him, hey, you need to be better than your fathers. God had a job for him to do, and he did it. But for some reason, he he was, he was had this goal of being somehow being better than his fathers, and he didn't feel like he was achieving that goal. Uh, and, of course, I think I think anybody after a big, a big event like that, you know, it was – he could have been in the middle of – in the middle of calling down fire from heaven and given up then. Well, he didn't. He waited until after he was successful and – did what God wanted him to do. And then he's like, all right, just kill me now because I'm no better than my father's. And I think sometimes that in ministry, if we set goals for ourselves and, and there's nothing wrong with goals, but we have to keep in mind that sometimes God has a plan for us and we either do God's will or we do our will. And, and pretty soon if we're, if we're trying to achieve our own goals, we may, may not really be seeking God's will. And then we can end up being depressed because, because God isn't helping us do what we want to do, but maybe that isn't his plan. So yeah, that's, I, I don't know. I think that that's probably for me, some of my burnout is I've had some visions for what I would like to do in ministry. And that's not really what I'm doing right now. Um, and what I'm doing right now is very rewarding and I'm very blessed to be doing what I'm doing, but it's also, it wasn't ever my, my plan or my goal. I never said, you know, this is, I want to end up in Rosebud, Texas doing ministry in a, you know, a tiny little church in a little town and handing out cucumbers to people and, uh, you know, doing whatever it is that, that I end up doing, that's, that was never my goal, but that's where God has me. And so I think sometimes it, it's, it's almost like a midlife crisis where it's like you wake up and it's like, wait, this is what I'm doing, I guess. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wait, is this what I'm doing? Is this what I'm going to be doing 10 years from now? And, and you realize, I guess, at some point that, you know, that maybe God's plan for my life doesn't look exactly like I pictured it. And there's something wrong with that, you know being where God wants you is, is great, but uh, doesn't mean that it's necessarily where you plan to be. When we go through the beginning of revelation, when Jesus wrote his seven letters, mm -hmm. one of the things that he said to the church at Ephesus was, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. And I'm not going to stand here and tell people that, you know, read your Bible and pray your way through the difficulty that you're having, because there's a lot more things that you probably are going to need help with in order to get out of a slump or if you're dealing with a serious level of anxiety or depression. And keep in mind, we haven't even talked about professional help and doctors and psychiatry, um, which could provide some serious help in whatever someone's going through. But what I will tell you is that Whatever we're going through, we never want to get to the point where we stop doing the basic things that we know we're supposed to do as a parent, as a spouse, as a Christian. We need to still have time with God where we read the Bible. We need to still have time with God where we pray. Even when we don't want to do it, we got to do it because it's our duty and it is good for us. And one thing that I've learned about depression is that my depression tells me to stop doing all the things that are good for me. And my depression tells me to do things that are bad and that feed into my depression and make it worse. So it's very right. important that I, uh, 
take care of those things that will help me through it. With that being said, it's also very important that I make some changes. Um, wherever I am mentally and spiritually sick, I have to change something, otherwise nothing will change. So I probably have stress in my life that needs to be dealt with. I might not have any level of rest and relaxation. I might not be getting any physical exercise that I need. I might need to set some boundaries because I am just a yes man. I'm taking on everything. I never tell people no. And one thing that I tell a lot of folks is um, one place you might need to start is to get a little bit of sick leave and you might need to take a break. And I'm not talking about even a super long one, but maybe for a week or two. Hold on. I'm going to sneeze. Okay, bless me. I had a, I, I muted the microphone, so I didn't want to blast everyone away. But the idea of taking a week off or two weeks off just so you can work on the issue, because if you take sick leave, guess what? Everything's not going to fall apart without you. And if it does, guess what? It was a bad system that was set up in the first place and it needs to be changed. But those are just a couple of things that I think everyone should be aware of if you're going through a real hard time and you are, you know, you're not on the mountain, you're in the valley. Something else to remember is that we all have to go through valleys from time to time. It's part of the Christian life. It's not weird. It's not abnormal. It is not a failing on anyone's part. It is part of the recipe. The idea that we go through valleys to get perspective so we can come back out and get a good understanding of who we are and who God is, and we can be in a better place and we can learn and we can grow. And I think a lot of people, unfortunately, when they're in a valley, when they are going through depression, when they are backslidden, when they are, uh, what, what are we going to call it, burnt out, and all those things can be a part of each other. Uh, a lot of times we're going to feel like it is a failing as a Christian. And I think it is really, we, it should be looked at as a part of growth. It's something that we got to go through, something that we got to learn, and it's something that we can use and come out on the other side better off and closer to God and understanding who we are and who God is a little bit better. Yeah. No, and I, I think, taking it seriously when to me when it's not just your mental health and I've dealt with I've dealt with uh, anxiety or depression in the past and I, I would say right now I'm not I'm not dealing with that I, I feel like mentally I'm probably doing better in a lot of ways than I have on a physical on a physical level but spiritually losing enthusiasm to me I would I would almost consider that to be worse because it affects other people in a, in a deeper way. And I've seen Christians that have come to the point of burnout that gave up on God completely and just said, you know what, I'm done. Screw church and religion and all of this. I just want nothing to do with it. And some of them were, you know, very, um, you know, they were very dedicated. They'd given a lot. They were very uh, deeply spiritual religious people and they just get fed up with it. And they're done with it. And that can affect, it can affect people almost worse than if you'd never been in ministry in the first place. If you're a role model, people are looking to you and then you get, you know, you start poisoning the well, so to speak. Um, to me, that's, it's almost, I'm almost more scared of, of a burnout spiritually than a mental burnout that may really only affect me or my family. Um, that being said, I don't think there's really a much difference between them. They're very similar. And so I think you've made some good points there of realizing that 
some of the same things that, um, I mean, so for instance, when I've been, I've dealt with depression or anxiety in the past and, and it affected me in a physical way. It affected me, uh, in a lot of different ways. And, um, how would I put it? I think, I think that it, it anxiety, um, and depression probably can affect your health. It can affect your, it affect every aspect of your life. Um, and so it's easy, it's almost easier to spot it or to see it for me. It, it, anyways, it's easier for me to identify that and say, okay, I'm depressed. I need, you know, I need to cut this out of my life or I need to get help. Um, but a, a spiritual burnout, I think sometimes we wouldn't seek professional help. We wouldn't seek common sense kind of remedies in something like that as much because we would, we wouldn't really, we wouldn't identify it the same way. We just try to kind of power on through it and try to say, well, there must be something wrong with me as a Christian and I, I need, you know, I need to change this or change that. And so we can end up in a kind of a place of denial. Um, and I think some people do that with anxiety or depression as well, but it's, to me, it's easier to identify that because it's like, all right, this is a real thing. This isn't a spiritual thing. This isn't God's fault. This is my problem. I got to deal with this. This is anxiety or depression that I can solve by cutting things out of my life. But I, I don't take it as seriously or take things into my own hands when it comes to reprioritizing or something like that with the, with the burnout in ministry. So I think, I, I don't know. I, I think they're pretty, they're, they're very similar in a lot of ways and we probably should take actual physical decisions and steps to, to help with it. Or I feel like I need to, I need to say, okay, this isn't working. What do I need to do? What do I need to cut out or step back from such that I can exactly. function well? Yeah. Uh, some changes need to be made. I think, our physical body, our spiritual, um, our spirituality, these are things that can give us signs saying something's wrong, something needs to be changed. Right. And if we ignore it, it's going to get worse. And we're going to get to the point where we become Elijah in the wilderness, sitting under a tree, just asking God to take us home. And we don't want to get there. We want to be down right. in the valley and figure that out and get back on the horse and and get going again. We, we just want to make sure when we get out of the Valley, something is different. So we don't have to, you know, we can stay out of the Valley for as long as possible. All right, Caleb, we are at an hour and 20 minutes, so we're going to have to say good night. I appreciate everybody coming. Please be sure to get on any place that hosts a podcast and listen to us, Spotify, Google play, Apple podcast, Stitcher, audible tune in radio and blueberry. We are everywhere. Podcasts are found and join us every Sunday night, 7 p.m. Mountain Time on Bible Thumper Podcast, Facebook page, Bible Thumper Podcast, YouTube channel, and pretty soon it's going to be BibleThumperPodcast.com. I think the website's actually up. It's just not finished. So there's a lot of placeholders like, you know, a picture of me and a description of what's going on. So, but there is going to be a website that's coming. Uh, so thank you everyone for joining us and we'll see you, uh, next week, same time. And we'll definitely see Caleb one month from now and we'll see how he's doing. So everyone can be sure to pray for Caleb and his family and everything that's going on down there, um, to have God help him to get out of this slump and do better and be where he wants him to be. Sound good. Yep. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I always enjoy chatting with you. <laughs> Okay, man. We'll talk next week. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks.